Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and we are broadcasting from the top of the Hayburn Building in Louisville, Kentucky. This is 106.5 FM, and you can find out a little bit more about our station if you go to forwardradio.org. And if you go to that website and click on a button, we are live streaming now, so you can hear the station anywhere in the city, anywhere in the state, anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world. All right, uh, folks. Uh, you know, uh, we're just coming out of our pledge drive, and we did manage to, you know, hit our goals. So I do want to thank uh, folks who who, uh, uh, who who wrote a check or uh, somehow contributed to the station or came to our party. So we really appreciate folks out there who who supported our station. Uh, and so uh, uh, thank you so much for that. So, uh, folks, we've got a great guest for you today. We've got Jestia Slaw. So welcome to our show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. So I met Jestia Slaw uh, at the uh, the Wendell Ford Dinner. Uh, this was one of the sort of the mainstays of the of the uh, Democratic Party. Now, you know, on this station, of course, we don't support, uh, uh, we don't endorse candidates. We just uh, uh, discuss the issues of t- the day and so on and so forth, philosophies, theories, and that. But that's where I met uh, Jesse Law and sort of a, uh, he's volunteering there uh, to help out. And I found out he does quite a few things as well. So, uh, uh, Jesse, uh, uh I found out you're in the law school as well because I went to an event uh, like a week later at the University of Louisville. There you were. <laughs> yeah, I'm all over the place. Uh, so, yes, uh, uh, and it just so happens that uh, uh, there's some good programs going on at UofL. And since, well, I don't want to say the pandemic has uh, eased up, but UofL has started having programs that are open to the public. And, you know, before the pandemic, uh you know, I, I, I used to love to go to UofL for the various programs and him to be there, too. And so I invited him to come to our show and just share with us some of the things that he's involved in mm-hmm. and just find out, uh, 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 you know, young African-American male, uh, veteran of the Army, law school, uh, uh, young Democrats. So you're aware of things that I'm not aware of. And so you've got a lot, uh, got a uh, uh uh, background to share. I mean, uh, uh, this gentleman here, I, I share, of course, this is radio and not TV, and uh, 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 I'm sure you that, that uh, he's older than he looks because he's evidently <laughs> been around for a, a while. So, Jesse, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me again. And so, where would you like to start? I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, Law school is very uh, exciting and interest, uh, interesting process. We're so happy to see African Americans get involved. We've just had, if things go right, uh, we're going to have the first African American female uh, uh, on the Supreme Court, uh, Kentaji Brown Jackson. So that was a tumultuous hearing where uh, she was sort of beset by a lot of. Uh, questions that had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. Uh, uh, so just amazing. You have to go to like four years of college and three years of law school to sit and answer questions uh, that have nothing to do with anything from yeah. United States senators. 
And so where is that class? Do they have a class on that in law school where they train you to answer questions that have nothing to do with anything of substance? Uh, do they train you all on that? <laughs> You may you may have uh, described what law school is in general. So there are <laughs> lots of questions uh, that you don't think are relevant. Uh, but no, uh, all jokes aside, there, there's not a class for it. Uh, I just feel like uh, she's the right person for it, though. You know, prepared. Uh, she handled it with grace, and that's kind of what we what what we've learned to do as a race and as a people. You know, endure, and that's what she did. I'm proud of her. Well, there you go. Uh, so. Uh and so uh, you do some other things as well. Well, so tell me about uh, you were in military before you came to law school. How did the, the military uh, become a part of your life? Yeah, so uh, I went to, uh, when I was in high school, out of high school, I got an ROTC scholarship. Uh, that scholarship was to the Fort Valley State University, which is an HBCU in Fort Valley, Georgia. Uh, so I, I spent four years there in the ROTC program. I ran track there. I did some cross country, some student government association work. So I had a good time at my HBCU. I can't wait to get back. Uh, but that is where, where I was married to the Army. I commissioned as a second lieutenant from there. Uh, I was a uh, chemical officer. Uh, I was a human resources officer, a finance officer. So I, I did a lot of jobs in the Army as well. And I, I've been to uh, South Carolina, obviously Georgia. I was stationed at Fort Knox for a period, which is why I'm in Louisville now. I got kind of familiar with the area. I've been to Kuwait, uh, deployed to Afghanistan before. But I, I, I have been in the Army a long time. I'm currently still serving uh, in the Army Reserves. Uh, and I, I'm a captain. I'm just I'm just uh, living a great life, and I'm, I'm happy I can serve people and uh the army was uh, was a great learning place for me. It's a place where I matured, uh, and it's a it's a place that kind of shaped and, and molded me to who I am now. So I'm, I'm grateful for it. So well, uh, uh, my one of my great memories was uh, my next door neighbor, uh, the late uh, Major William Gant, uh, African American, uh, World War II man. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. went into World War II as enlisted man, got out, went to college, got back in for a career, got a Battlefield Commission, uh, served 20 years in the Army, got out and became one of the first black supervisors out at the Ford plant. Wow. And then so when he retired, he had his Ford pension, he had his <laughs> Army pension, and he said he had Ford stock. He, he told me that he lived like a general. Uh, so just a solid guy, lived in, you know, basically up until his 90 and until uh, he finally got cancer. But he was like mowing his own lawn twice a week, driving his wow. car you know, uh, uh, playing golf, you know, so he just, uh, uh, just a, a superb individual. And, uh, what he told me about the army this is what he said. He said, you can't make it in the army unless you love it. You have to love it. If you, if you don't love it, you can't make it. So that's what he told me. <laughs> and so, uh, so, uh, Mr. Gant, we, uh, we, we miss you and, uh, and, uh, our greatest generation. So, so uh, thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you for your support. I really thank you. Oh, for your absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, so then you make a decision. Why law school? Well, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It's a little cliche, but when I was a kid, I always wanted to be the president of the United States. So they had uh, they had the book in the series. They had a series on all the presidents. I read them all. 
uh, every single one of them. And I noticed that a lot of them were lawyers. So I said, if I want to be president, I got to be lawyer, uh, a lawyer. So, I mean, that, that started in my boyhood. Uh, that changed a little bit as I saw the world and kind of learned how it worked. But I never gave up on wanting to be a lawyer. So I... I mean, I was at a point with the military, I was going to get promoted to a point where I, I would need to stay in uh, mm -hmm. for a career, mm -hmm. or I could jump out, take a leap on faith, and that's just what I did. Mm -hmm. uh, I jumped, I landed, it wasn't as big a jump as I thought it would be, uh, and th things are going well, so that's kind of where law school came in, into play. Okay, and then, uh, uh, so you tend to be active in org 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 organizations, so are you active in student organizations with the, with the law school? Yeah, so uh, I was, I just finished my term as a uh, student bar association president, so student bar association is like student government mm -hmm. before the law school, so I was a president of that, I was in the Black uh, Law Student Association, I was the uh, undergrad liaison working with uh, UofL undergrads, kind of trying to steer them towards the legal field um and also as a member of the student government association of the larger school so i served as a senator uh there for two years uh, i was on the appropriations committee there which is deals with money and finance and budgeting for students so i've been in a lot of school organizations i think it's important uh to participate in those organizations and it's important uh, to show your face and meet people because you'll need them later on in life and you'll also run into people you know in the city and, and maybe you'll learn something they can teach you something and you can show them something so that's well, what there you go and so i will say that i did uh, like uh President Ben Naputi. I wish he had stayed. Me too, me Talking too. about Neely Ben Naputi was the president of the University of Louisville, and uh, and then she went to the, I guess the University of Pennsylvania. But I wish she had, wish she had stayed. So, but uh, I think it's a great experience uh, uh, to, to figure out how the university works and to mm -hmm. add add your talents and making it work better. So uh, definitely learned a lot from that. Uh, Experience and so, what are some of the other other things you do? I know you were sort of volunteering as a young, I guess, wearing your young Democrat hat uh, yeah. at uh, a couple events uh, uh, that we had the um, the Wendell Ford dinner, which is a sort of a legendary event. Name for those of you who don't follow Kentucky history, Senator Wendell Ford was, I guess, in the General Assembly of Kentucky. Then he was governor. And then he was a United States senator, as I recall. And so kind of a legendary figure. Uh, and even after he retired, uh, uh, Wendell Ford was just a very, very popular figure in Kentucky. He was a World War II guy. He could talk to anybody. And I do remember uh, sort of campaign season and <laughs> uh, uh uh he uh, and the, the Democrats would sort of uh, – a little bit caravan around Louisville, and it was kind of like uh, the Rat Pack with Frank Sinatra. If you know, guys, uh, back in the history show business, you know, you had the Rat Pack. You had Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Jerry, uh, Jerry Lewis, so on and so forth. Uh, it was like the Rat Pack, and uh, Wendell Ford was Frank Sinatra. It was that cool. Mm -hmm. was, when those guys used to roam around town uh, uh, from spot to spot during campaign <laughs> season, it was that cool. Uh, when Wendell Ford was still alive, and so uh, maybe one day we will get that get that back. Uh, you know, we're coming out of COVID, so we'll see uh, uh, how things shake out. But uh, so, how, uh, how did you get involved in those things, that type of things? Well, uh, initially, 
started out, I just randomly, I just like participating. Mm. I, I got on the internet. I was actually in class one day. I got on the internet, uh, and I was, it was uh, Governor Bashir's uh, campaign, and I was like, well, I want to help out, you know? I was, I was You're just, talking about baby Bashir. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. So, uh, it was his campaign. I just wanted to do something, Canvas, something light. Uh, so I ended up um, working on a, uh, a phone dial, uh, a couple phone dial uh, sessions. I ended up doing some canvassing. I met some people there. Well, I met someone from Black Lives Matters who I, I started to hang with them and do some events. And then I met Stefan Moore, who is the president of the Kentucky Young Democrats. Okay. Uh, real good brother. Uh, so I met him, and then he, he invited me to a meeting, and the rest is the rest is kind of history. I've been going back uh, ever since. It's, it's been about almost three years now. I've been going back ever since. Okay. Well, I like I like I say on this uh, on this uh, station we don't endorse candidates, uh, uh, so on and so forth, or political parties. But uh, uh, many many years ago, I actually was a young Democrat. Wow. <laughs> so back in the back in the time when dinosaurs roamed the earth. So uh, you know, big legs and little bitty arms. So it's a long time ago. But uh, uh, so. So here, here we are. Uh, so are, are, are you coming, getting close to, to graduating now? Yeah, so I've got about uh, two weeks left. Uh, oh, man, congratulations. I know it was a long haul, you. but you seem to have enjoyed it. There, It had its moments. I won't say it was the best time of my life. It definitely was fun. Uh, <laughs> it was enjoyable, uh, but it also had its, uh, its, its uh, bad moments or low moments. But we survived, right? Okay, well, uh, uh, brother, I'm glad you were able to hang uh -huh. in there because uh, – as, uh, 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 many uh, traps and pitfalls uh, uh, for folks trying to get up and do good, and so, so uh, uh, are you? Are your folks coming in for the graduation ceremony? Yes, uh, a lot of them, uh, and that's uh, that's always the added pressure, right? You you want them to come, but then you have to deal with everybody and and uh, housing them, feeding them, and all that stuff. But I've got I've got a good thirteen to fifteen. My grandma, my mother, siblings, uh, you know that kind of thing. About fifteen people come. I, man, I think that is so cool, man. I I don't understand people who don't want to go to graduation, you know. Uh, Particularly if your parents are still alive. Yeah. I've got one parent left. Uh, I went back to U of L from 04 to 06 to get a master's and uh, well, 04 to 07. I graduated in uh, December of 07 with, with a master's and uh, went through the ceremony and uh, the cap and gown and, mm -hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, December of 07, I had one parent left. I said, I've still got one parent left. And I had some cousins come in and aunts and uh, sister and brother-in-law. So... I'm glad that one, I was able to pick up another degree, and I was glad I had some people left alive yeah. to see it. Yeah, you know, yeah. so uh, uh, so uh, it's a good experience. And uh, of course, uh, this is before your time. Uh, Blaine Hudson had already died. Blaine Hudson was the first black uh, uh, dean of arts and sciences at U of L, and his story is he was a student activist who actually was expelled wow. uh, for. Uh, you know, demanding black studies and all that stuff back in. So he comes back, you know, gets a Ph.D. And, and then, uh, you know, 20 years later, he's the first black dean of arts uh, and sciences. So I got my red baton 
from Blaine Hudson. Wow. Yeah. And he died young, like 63 or 64 or wow. something, something like that. But yeah. But to get my red, because, you know, at the, they don't actually give you your actual yeah. degree at the <laughs> ceremony. It's like a, the red baton is a symbol, which they take back. You know, you, you won't take a red baton home for. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you get the actual degree later. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so... So I'm glad that you made it. I'm still you got got your folks that are still alive that can come yeah. see you, and it's an experience, you know, to uh, uh, enjoy and to remember. So where are they doing it at, at the Yum Center? Yeah. Well, no, actually, it'll be at the uh, it'll be at uh, the Palace. Right? Okay. So we'll have it at the Palace. Uh, the the regular U of L. Uh, graduation or uh, commencement will be at the Yum Center. So okay. I'll be at that one too. So uh, I got selected to speak at that one. So I'll give a little speech. Okay. There. All I'll right. be cool. I'm a little nervous. I'll okay. Out, though. And so they have like food and everything, man. Uh, so, uh, or at least they did uh, back in the day. So um, they probably have more better food now. Yeah. But, uh, but then again, it's not like, like the pandemic probably like hampered some of those type of things too. So we'll see yeah, where everything think. is back to the way, way it used, used to be. If they're doing thunder, I think maybe they can. Well, exactly, yeah, so. exactly. So folks, uh, right now we're in the broadcasting the day before Thunder over Louisville, which one of the biggest, uh, most humongous air shows in the country. So, uh, uh, so, uh, so what's the, uh, uh, the next step for you? I mean, uh, you can go back to the army and be an army lawyer if you wanted to. Nah, <laughs> I'm gonna pass on on now. And I got a couple friends who do that, and it, it's a great profession, right? It's just yeah. I kind of got uh, something else in mind. Uh, so next, I will. Uh, I'll be more than likely working at the Commonwealth Attorney's Office. Uh, okay. I clerked there for quite a bit, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll probably be the newest prosecutor there. Uh, Outside of that, I'll be working with the uh, Louisville Young Dems still. So okay. currently, I'm the uh, vice president of advocacy. Uh, so I'm just working on trying to get some statutes passed, some ordinances, uh, working to uh, change some policy and things like that. Uh, just get the organization connected to other organizations uh, for some change and some good. That that That's the next move for me right now. Well, some people are talking about in Louisville as having a kind of a citizen's review board for the jail because, you know, we're having all these deaths at the county jail. And uh, that's just, no, oh, just as a note, when the, when the so-called, some of us still call it the new jail, uh-huh. right? <laughs> so they had a grand opening for the new jail, and I went to it. A grand opening. They had the correction officers choir. They had catered food. Wow. Uh, 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 they gave us a tour. And this is when it was brand spanking mm-hmm. new, right? And uh, they have command posts on every floor that look like Star Trek, right? And so, and so I'm amazed that all these years later, we're having all these problems. Mm-hmm. At, at when it opened, was a state of the art mm-hmm. facility. So it makes one wonder, uh, 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 you know, are all the systems working? Plumbing, HVAC, security, lighting. Uh, surveillance systems. How can people just fall over dead? Nobody know about it yeah. uh, until like 
it's too late. But, uh, so, of course, understaffing, a huge problem at the, at the county jail. One of the things we have to do is raise the dignity and pride and self-esteem of correction officers. I mean, and I remember when I was a kid, uh, people would say, well, you know, we, uh, uh, so-and-so became a correction officer because they couldn't pass the cop test, you know, <laughs> uh, which is funny at a party, yeah. but it's not funny when you can't get enough correction officers. Yeah, so, uh, uh, so we need to raise the, and the training, too, and make sure correction officers get paid, get respect. Uh, and uh, one of the things I've suggested is that uh, have more social worker types in mm. the county jail uh, that is have a sort of joint programs with U of L School of Social Work, Bellarmine School of Social Work. Uh, uh, you know, all the schools of social works come into the jail, um, get your tuition paid, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and so to make up for those staffing mm-hmm. deficiencies. Uh, uh, Certain things that 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 could be done to resolve some situations in, in the jail. That is, as far as bringing back retired correction officers, there was a deal that was on the table where correction officers retired would come back, just work weekends, and mm-hmm. all they wanted in exchange was sort of full time peace officer status, because so that would help them on their off duty security jobs. Mm-hmm. I say, give it to them. Yeah. And uh, also, we have a sheriff's reserve here in Louisville. I say, look. You know, so we've been told, like, the, some of the cops and the sheriffs, they're not used to working without a gun on their hip. Mm-hmm. And so, but, of course, in the jail, there's no gun mm-hmm. on your hip because they don't do that. Yeah. Right. So give them, uh, get get the sheriffs off of the sheriff's reserve and uh, uh, retired cops, look, we'll give you that. We'll give you retired. We'll give you police officer status. You know, we will upgrade the perks. Mm-hmm. Uh come back to work in the jail so you have social workers you know sheriff's reserve retired correction officers come back retired police officers i think it could actually improve the quality uh it's uh, just as at ups you know the biggest employer in louisville is ups had like 80 90 percent turnover at the hub we have the mm-hmm. UPS. and so how do they resolve the issue they said look the president of UofL at that time, here's what we're going to do. Uh, and whoever's in charge of UPS, here's what we're going to do. UofL students who work at night in UPS get their tuition paid. Mm-hmm. And so that solved the turnover problem. And plus, you had people who were interested in working there. Because one of the problems in a place like Louisville, at UPS, you had decent salaries and benefits for a part-time job, mm-hmm. but the people of the city looked down on the job. Mm-hmm. And so you couldn't get any kind of status or prestige from working at UPS at night. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the day when I still, still used to go to the club, uh, <laughs> like white guys who worked at UPS would not tell white girls they worked at UPS. Wow. Because it wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. And so what you've got to do is to raise the the status and prestige of the job, along with the benefits. And one of the cool things about working at UPS at night, even before they had the UofL students, you could get health insurance just for working 20, 25 hours a week. Wow, and that's big. Right. But still, people look down on the job, Mm -hmm. and they had the high turnover. So there are ways to solve these problems, but you just got to – kind of look at what's actually causing it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, the solutions you offer uh, to, 
into two different problems. Maybe they're similar. It's just uh, engaging all the stakeholders because people have ideas. Some people may have ideas, but they don't have the money. Some people have money, but they don't have ideas. Some people have worker or workforce or people mm-hmm. to do the job, but they don't have the other two. So I think uniting organizations just like UPS and the school came together is common. It should be more common. That's what we should use to solve a lot of problems that plague cities or other places. And that's kind of what the, the young Dems want to do. You know, mm-hmm. do things differently. Let's form partnerships. Let's form coalitions that build and do things and accomplish tasks together. Mm-hmm. So I agree. So I think if you're going to, you sound like you're going to stay in Louisville. I mean, we've got black folks. Uh, I do want to give a shout out, for instance, uh, Sadiqa Reynolds to me. I mean, it's going to go down in history as a legend. I don't want to jinx, yeah. jinx her, man. She's running the Urban League in a way that's never been run before. Yeah, she is. And so, tremendous job. So, we've got black folks that are doing some wonderful things here in Louisville, man. Uh, so, I'm glad you're going to stick with us for a little bit, man, before you go further on, on your journey. Now, what's your home state now, Florida? My, Georgia, Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Well, man, Florida's got like, got some problems with their uh, leadership down there. I mean, mm-mm-mm. But... Uh, Georgia is trying, and the reason Georgia has some potential to get better because like 30% of the population is black. Yeah. So the black folks may save Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> they've got they've got some inter- interesting stuff going on there. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm interested to see the next uh, gubernatorial uh, uh, race, uh, Stacey Abrams and whoever she runs against. I think that'll, that'll be a good one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, so as I understand it, in Georgia to win a, win a statewide election, uh, you, you need all the black vote and 30% of the white vote, you win. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it's going to take. <laughs> so uh, Kentucky is a little bit different because, uh, you know, when I was coming up, uh, Kentucky was 90% white and 8% black. Now it's like 85, no, like yeah, like 85, uh, something like 87.5% white. But it's still eight percent black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eighty-seven point five percent white, uh, and still eight percent black. So, uh, uh, so that's. Uh, but I will say though, as far as statewide elections, uh, if Louisville and Lexington overperform, and the blue pockets overperform, the Democrats still win. Yeah, that and that's important too, though. So at. I think it's about it's about two things. One, uh, you want to turn out the vote in Lexington and Louisville, obviously, as, as high as you can. But you also, you can't continue to do politics where you ignore, you know, some of those rural areas. Like, they have problems, they have issues, too. And that's what we want to solve. So, together, there's a common issue or a common problem that anyone has and people have, and that's usually health care, right? Everybody needs health care. Absolutely. Uh, everybody needs a, a, a working uh a livable wage, really, right? So everyone needs that. Those are two things that people are going to need and access to education and necessities of life. So I think people in rural areas have that issue. People in cities have that issue. Uh, so together we can come to we can we can solve or come together to help. You know, point at least point ourselves in the right direction and you know carry that torch and maybe someone else grabs it and runs with it. But so yeah, so uh, oh, and now here's another. Uh, uh, I'm gonna let you answer this this question the way you want to answer it. When the great Julian Bond was still alive, I know Julian Bond, of course, a famous civil rights leader, and uh, uh, of course he went to law school as well. I think I, uh, at one time, uh, uh, 
of course, he was in politics. Uh, then he sort of became leader in NAACP and as well as teaching college. And so he talked about, you know, blacks, uh, talented blacks going to the Republican versus the Democratic Party. And the way he explained it was that that is, since most talented blacks who actually care about things uh, are in the Democratic Party, there's a longer line for positions. There's a longer line. That's what Jillian said. And he said in the Republican Party, there's since you know, since the the Republicans adopted the sort of Southern strategy, sort of a race-based mm-hmm. strategy under uh, Nixon, uh, uh, there's very few blacks in the Republican Party. So there's a shorter line to any position, you know. And so it so if you're black in the Republican Party and you stick your hand up, there's not that many blacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> so if you have good social skills and the right attitude, you can move forward very quickly that is so in other words i.e clarence thomas Mm -hmm. uh uh uh, you know i.e uh daniel cameron so you know i was on campus between uh you know 04 and 07 i never heard of daniel cameron Mm -hmm. and so i never heard of him next thing you know he's the attorney general of uh uh kentucky uh uh and uh and because uh mitch mcconnell likes him and so here's a guy, a black guy, comes out of nowhere. I mm-hmm. mean, literally nowhere. And uh, Mitch McConnell says, I like him. He's my guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, next thing you know, he's the attorney general of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I'm thinking young people are looking at this because <laughs> that's what young people do. Yeah. They see who's making it, who's not, you know, you know. Uh, rapping, hooping, balling, uh, 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 you know, uh, you know, whatever. I think young people are looking at this. So, what, what's your opinion on that? The long line, as as Julian Bond said, the short line. Well, yeah. I, I think uh, without knowing all of the background, I, I think yeah. it has some validity. Uh, some of the examples that you pointed out kind of point towards that. But you know, in trying to find someone. To make you their guy, I, I, you're right. It, that's difficult in the Democratic Party because so often someone will get elected and they'll stay there forever, right? Yeah. There, there's no spot for young. There's no uh, room for uh, young candidates uh, to uh, 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 to find a place or find a lane. So, so I, well, folks, we want to thank uh, thank uh, this young man, talented young man. We'll be we'll, we're going to have this brother back. All right. All right. Uh, thank you so much.